so good. Uh uh. So good. Uh. I got you. Dun 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 dun. Hello and welcome to the DC Wash Up. It is episode number thirty-four. That duet by Michael Vincent, North America correspondent. Say hello. Hello. Don't be shy now after the singing. <laughs> I think I think James Brown's got a fair bit to do with that music, personally. <laughs> I'm producer Roscoe Wayland, and we're also joined by a fellow producer, Brooke Wiley. Hello. Now let's quickly explain why we're singing today, Michael, and why we feel so good. Oh, it's it's so fun when Hillary Clinton gets a sense of humour. Uh, <laughs> that's that's exactly what her campaign played at the end of her first major public appearance after being down and out with a count of, of a bout of pneumonia, being dragged into a car and, and dragged off into hiding. Um, yeah, so I actually went through a bit of uh, James Brown's music. They could have come up with um, Mama's Got a Brand New Bag. They've got, you know, it's a, it's a man's, man's, man's world. Try me. Um, Mama Don't Take No Mess. It's actually Papa Don't Take No Mess, but anyway. Um, and let's not go there with hot pants or uh, sex machine. But, you know, cold sweat. Yeah, that could have been appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I do like I do like them trying to show a bit of a, a, a bright light uh, side on the Hillary Clinton campaign. Well, let's rewind and let's get back to the beginning of how this actually came to be. Hillary Clinton, the, the big comeback today in North Carolina. So, Michael, take us back to September the 11th. Wow, September the 11th. It was the anniversary of the 15th anniversary of the September 11th. And Hillary Clinton was standing amongst uh, some luminaries of New York Democrats, uh, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York, the guy who's going to take over the, uh, well, they hope they're going to take over the Senate next year. He'll be the majority leader in the Senate next year. And all looked fine and dandy until she went missing from action. Her press pack didn't know where, like she has an assigned press pack. Uh, the I think they call it the protective press pack. I think that's the technical term with the Secret Service. They didn't know where she was for 90 minutes, and then a video surfaced of uh, her in front of a uh, one of the uh, Secret Service cars. Uh, the van door opened. She wobbles on her feet, which she's got an assistant on one side. Um, Fox News and a bunch of others zoom in on her feet. You can see her feet dragging on the ground as she's put into the car. And all the assurances from um, Brian Fallon, her press sec, uh, Robbie Mook, her uh, campaign um, uh, campaign director, uh, that, oh, no, she, within seconds she was fine. She was chatting on the phone. She made phone calls and talking to people that she went to Chelsea's apartment, you know, put a, a, a wet uh, a towel on her head, uh, that she'd been slightly overheated, and that she got up and was playing with her grandkids, got rehydrated, and then she wanders out and plays with the kid and gets in the car and waves and says she's fine. This comes a week after a week of coughing fits that she was having on board her plane. Which so, we talked about last which week. Which we talked about last week. Yeah, like the we... extraordinary coughing fit. Like, wow, those are some allergies. Huh. So I think this question's twofold, and we can ask both of you guys this for your answers. One... Is it important that someone that's running for commander-in-chief be healthy? And secondly, is the problem not that she may have been sick, but in fact that the campaign did such a terrible job of kind of trying to cover this up, so to speak, and, and this secrecy that surrounds the Clinton campaign? We'll start with the first question. Michael, thoughts on the requirement that a presidential candidate should be fit and healthy? Absolutely. In fact, this was the admonishment from the White House on Monday, um, was the kind of, yeah, if you're running for to be commander-in-chief, you be open about where you're at physically and, and, and all of that. And, you know, 
in a sense that the you know if the, she'd come she she said she'd you know suffering from allergies and the cough and that's fine, but the diagnosis about her having pneumonia came out eight hours after this began uh, on on the Sunday, and that's the problem is that and as David Axelrod the former strategist for for Barack Obama pointed out and was you know basically sticking it to the campaign the Hillary Clinton campaign when you have been attacked for being secretive and hiding things and not being open and this happens like you're not going to get much sympathy like why why not just say hey she's got a bout of pneumonia it's not contagious she's not feeling well but she's going to push on because that's the sort of person she is and that's how they try to spin it after it all came out Brooke, what do you think? Should a presidential candidate be fit and healthy, and does the public have a right to know? Yeah, I think that if you're running for president, you should be healthy. I don't know how fit you necessarily <laughs> need to be, but you should be healthy. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily realistic to expect that these candidates aren't going to get sick on two years of campaigning, essentially, from the primaries until Election Day. They've been going and going and going. You know, didn't Malcolm Turnbull get sick? What, after... How long was that campaign? Eight weeks. Eight weeks? <laughs> yeah, well, Hillary Clinton's been going for a long time. So I don't think it's such a big deal that she got diagnosed with pneumonia. But as Michael said, and I completely agree, the way it was managed was messy. And the problem is they're always in a tough spot when it comes to your candidate getting sick, right? I mean, you... Uh, Donald Trump has been raising questions about Hillary Clinton's health for a couple of months now. She gets sick. The campaign's probably thinking, oh, we don't want anyone to know because Trump's going to say that she's not fit to be president. And then it comes out anyway and it all falls apart. You know, it's just, I think it's a lose-lose situation when a candidate gets pneumonia. I, I reckon if if they hadn't, someone hadn't filmed her, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Yeah, totally. If, if, if we hadn't filmed, if someone hadn't filmed her and released it publicly, it would be, oh, no, she wasn't feeling well. She, you know, went off and, and, and had a, you know, caught up with Chelsea and, and didn't get, uh, you know, and, and got rehydrated and that's the end of it. And you kind of go, oh, okay, then. Uh, you wouldn't have found out about the pneumonia and stuff like that. And, and yeah, I mean, Rudy Giuliani's been out there going, you know, the coughing fits and the, you know, just look at the videos, look, Google it, Google it. You know, it's like... That's you could see why they tried to hide it, but in the end, didn't it just played into a narrative, the other narrative, which is the secret of Hillary narrative, which mm. is always trying to hide something, mm. you know, uh, which also then plays into that, you know, Donald Trump crooked Hillary narrative. So, mm. you know, I can see why they're on a lose lose, except that you kind of hope that they've kind of learned now that maybe taking people into their confidence and telling a bit more of her personal story, hey. I got, I'm sick, but like most Americans, I push through, push yeah. which is now how they're trying to spin it. That's the problem is right. after it's happened, the spin doesn't work as well as if you just come up front and go from the start. Yeah, hey, I'm sick, but you know I've got, I've got a bunch of stuff to do. I really want to go to that 9-11 memorial. I'm not missing that for the world. That's right. I mean, that's a really important day. That She can't not appear at that without imagine, questions being Imagine raised. if she hadn't appeared at that. Then yeah. what would they be saying? Mm. But it was sort of supremely optimistic, I think, to think that, it wasn't going to come out one way or another that the candidate had pneumonia. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, we have Donald Trump, who is now appearing on, what would you call it, uh, medical entertainment programs? <laughs> yeah, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Oz. As, some, as an American just told me, Dr. Oz, he's not from Australia, all right? You know, <laughs> Doctor, it's, it's more like Wizard of Oz. Dr. You know? Oz is, for those who aren't familiar with him, is what? A kind of like a variety, not a variety show, but a talk show, but he's a doctor. Um, he's been completely, her, her, like, completely attacked multiple times for 
you know, promoting wacky or, you know, completely unapproved, FDA-approved, you know, non-approved, um, you know, happy to go with sort of off-the-wall stuff. So here's Donald Trump, the man who won't release tax records, won't re- release medical records, who's finally appearing on Dr. Oz, and no other candidate would do it this way. Donald Trump style, true to form, he pulls out a piece of paper that's got his medical records on it and hands it over to Dr. Oz. And we've been building up to see this, you know, all week, basically, it feels like. And lo and behold, he's fit and healthy. He's wonderful. He is a little overweight, though. Hang on, not a little overweight. He's like a couple of points from obese. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't actually, know if we say fit and well, healthy. But this is the thing, right? Because Dr. Roz goes, what did he say? He said, like, slightly obese? Yeah, slightly or, overweight. Slightly overweight. But if you do the whole BMI thing, I mean, hell, I'm slightly overweight. <laughs> Um, if, if you do the whole, um, BMI thing, like body mass index thing, yeah. six foot two man, 267 pounds, that is not. Roscoe's doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is not slightly overweight. That is obese. Let's, o. let's take a listen to a little bit of the exchange between Dr. Oz and Donald Trump. You, you're, you're six, three, 236 pounds. As I mentioned that I, in my mind, I'm thinking your body surface area and your BMI is high. It's probably close to 30, which is sort of the barrier for okay. most people. Yeah. Do your doctors or your family ever give you a hard time about your weight? Yeah, I think I could lose a little weight. I, I've always been a little bit this way, you know? I've sort of always been that. <laughs> I was probably a good swimmer, but I've always been this way. I think that, uh, yeah, if I had one thing I'd like to lose weight, it's tough uh, because of the way I live. But the one thing I would like to do is be able to drop 15, 20 pounds. A very medical week we've had in American politics. That's certainly been the theme. Home and entertainment home too. Home entertainment too. Daytime and television. Before Hillary <laughs> got back up onto the stage today, she did reappear on her plane. Yeah, this is a very well managed. I mean, you know, points for trying. They they had started before she got sick doing these gaggles at the back of the aeroplane, which basically just means Hillary walks up. She knows the cameras are rolling, the tape machines are rolling, but in a relaxed way, she'll either take a question or say, you know what? I'm not going to take questions now. I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, But it's very chatty. And so she actually said, I'm not going to talk to you now formally. Uh, But then she launched into a bit of a... Well, a little bit of her human side. Must have been staying at home watching TV this week while she's being sick. Let's take a listen. Madam Secretary, however, is coming back. So that's something to look forward to. Is that odd to watch that? No, I actually get a big kick out of it. I watched it with yeah, I watched it with you know a little bit of skepticism at first, but I got so into it and really liked the storylines. They had some good quasi-realistic storylines. So anyway, which got me thinking: favorite political TV shows from Washington D.C. or just generally. And obviously, Madam Secretary is one that she's uh, very much into. Michael, do you have a, a favorite? Uh, where do I start? I've gone through them all, except Scandal. I've never been into Scandal. I've oh, done. I'm I've done. Deeply ashamed to say that I really like Scandal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just so finished ABC Family, like American ABC. But oh, I, I just great. finished watching with a friend um, the House of Cards fourth season again. I just finished watching um, Veep again. Um, I've done West Wing. Yeah, West Wing again. I've, I've done. Um, uh, the 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 one Alpha House, which was a short-lived Amazon series, two two uh, two 
uh, uh, two series uh, on Amazon Prime and okay, but do we have a favourite? Oh, I like them. All <laughs> I mean, I want to hear twenty years of political dramas yeah, from but Washington. I like, but I like I like them all, all, all for different reasons because you know the, some of the dialogue on West Wing is just fantastic and the way that it makes politics live or seem sexy, you know, is, is great. Um, Veep, just because you know that shit happens and, 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 and it's really, it's one of those things where you know that politics <laughs> is just bad business and, and, and poor Mary Louise Dreyfus is never going to get there. This um, is going to be a 30 second favourite TV show. <laughs> Michael, you're even running late. You're going to go right. see the Pick a favourite. Hey, 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 this is, this is kind of cool. I finally get to go see Obama. I've been here three years and I've never seen him. Tonight Speak. is the night. Well, up front anyway. And if anyone wants to see why Michael's there, stay tuned. You'll see it on 7.30 next week. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. See you, guys. Bye.